Ari. Yeah. Soda Drinker Pro is out. Yes. You want to drink sodas pro like? Uh, I don't know what that is. It's ten dollars to drink Soda Drinker Pro anywhere. Fuck you. What is that? <laughs> Look, you go around, you collect the cups of soda, and then you drink them. <laughs> That's the second best game I've seen today. <laughs> Thanks to Neo Aquarium. Neo Aquarium. That's ten dollars. Yeah, so, come it's been on, in development man. forever because he. It's a new expanded version. What is is Pro? <laughs> oh boy, what 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 is this? And every time he drinks something, he just goes. Mmm, soda. <laughs> or he'll like. There's other sound bits where it's like, I just love soda. Is this a? Is this a? Is there a demo? Because it says full version. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Usually it's over here, right? Why would he pay for this thing to get through green or? To be it's published? been around for a while. I think people actually kind of love it. Oh. Ten dollars worth. Like I think he made a free version, and this is like expanding on the game jam type of thing. Let's let's look at the features for Soda Drinker Pro. Um, what like what the the bullets are? I bet it's featuring soda. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Pro. there's not a lot written in here about it. Soda Drinker Pro is the premiere and software in the first person soda drinking genre. Experience what it's truly like to drink a soda at the beach, in the park, and even in space. With Soda Drinker Pro, I like it. You I... don't need to have a soda in hand to experience a soda in your mind. I appreciate it. Why is it ten dollars? Uh, because it's pro. Is it online multiplayer? It is not. Can you drink soda with your bros? You cannot. I, I think know, I'm. Man. I think I'm still gonna get it. You get, you get the under the Neo. Neo Aquarium? You get Neo Aquarium or sushi. No, no seafood. Seafood star. It's not star. Hey, seafood ace. Seafood, seafood ace. ace. And I'll get Soda Drinker Pro. And next time we'll have like a crap off. A cra- <laughs> hey man, I'm excited to play Neo Aquarium. I think it looks better than the good looking seafood ace. <laughs> Which, but if, you can if be you fishing know, stuff in. Seafood Ace. But Neo Aquarium, you're crustaceans. That's true. And it's a, it's a shooter for some reason. <laughs> it's a bullet hell game for some reason. <laughs> All right, we're talking about video games. Yeah. I should probably... We do that. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to a new episode of Waz Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Reinish. And this is Ari. Hey, Waz. W-A-S-D, P-O-D. We're still doing that. <laughs> Was Christian Rock. Now, I'm cutting that out. We're not talking about that again. Um, so uh, you're not going to buy Soda Drinker Pro? It's the most consistent part of our show, Joey, my yeah. reference to POD. <laughs> um, and it's appropriate for uh, the uh, the book we talk about later with its author. Oh, yeah. Tease. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Tease. Hey. So you gonna buy Soda Drinker Pro or no. okay? I'm gonna buy Soda Drinker Pro. Are you gonna get it full price? It's not on sale. Okay, <laughs> I guess so. Joey, the biggest sucker of all time, Rhino. <laughs> what if it's super good? Hey man, I loved Goat Simulator. I'm not gonna harsh on your vibe. <laughs> you know, fair. Um, uh, so we have uh, a full show this episode already. We have an awesome interview with Gabe. Durham. Gabe Durham, 
from Boss Fight Books, uh, which will come up a little bit later. But before, do you want to talk about anything in particular that you've been playing that we're not... The little thing that you talk about, about stuff you're playing that isn't like a big thing for later? Man, I don't even know what you're hinting at. I've been playing a lot of stuff. Yeah, just like what you're playing. Uh, God, now I don't want to mention stuff. <laughs> I feel like... I, it wasn't. It wasn't like a... I wasn't trying to subtly tell you anything. Oh, okay. You you winked at me though. That was weird. No, I was squinting. <laughs> um, a lot of what I've been playing uh outside of Hearthstone, which I've unfortunately got back into. I already still got that problem. <sighs> it's like it's the the biggest problem about it is like I don't even think it's that great of a game. I mean it's a it's Yes a, you do. You fucking love it. I don't you fucking uh, love it. I, I end up playing at least an hour of it every night, but I don't That's think it's a good. Lot. That's a I know. lot. Why are you playing it if you don't I think it's good? Because I can't stop, man. I got like they're so good at manipulating you into continuing on and to play it, and it's fun enough. And you can, I have it on my tablet. I can just boost it up, get a few games in, then that turns into like five games because then you want to get the daily challenge points and you get money, but it's not real money. But you've like, not put any money into no. it. I've barely played Hearthstone, and I put I bought like a pack just to see what the whole thing was. But like. it's so easy to win packs. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to put money in, you put in 50 bucks and get like 100 packs or something, which uh. is a sucker game. Because <laughs> now they're all, they took them all out or whatever the fuck. They... They're they having different play modes where you can play That's wild still, or Like if I had bought all standard. that and then they took that out, I would be furious. Well, because they fucked it up. They didn't know how to balance their game as they were coming out with different expansions. So uh, they get to a point where it's just we got these messed up expansions that they interact really weirdly. We can't keep coming out with new cards and worrying about all these old cards, so we're just gonna not worry about the old cards. Which apparently is what Magic the Gathering does. Yeah, they they're they're like seasons of but that's why I stopped Magic the Gathering, because after two or three, whenever Ice Age happened, I was like, if they're not gonna let me fucking use these cards that I've invested in, why even keep my But you my argument there. But I'll play you magic right now. Get us some magic. I have oh oh okay, I'm bringing magic. I'll play black. Okay. Okay, what do you play? Uh, you I play had, red or blue, don't you? I had many different decks. Bro. What would you play most? I had a white and black deck. I had a red and blue. Uh, no, I had a red and a green and blue deck. It's three, red, I, green, blue. I had no, just red. Uh, I had a red and then a green and blue. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I I dabbled in white for a bit. Went to black. And I, then yeah, I would have pegged you as a black. You're a swampy guy. Yeah, and I also did a direct damage only. That was the red. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was infuriating to play against me <laughs> because at any point it was just oh yeah. that thing's dead now which was it felt really cheap it's like a rain of fireballs yep basically yeah. i don't even know why we're talking about magic right now anyway hearthstone is still a thing for re so yeah, yeah there's that uh i've been playing a game called out there somewhere have you seen that it's yes. real satisfying. It's really, really good priced for what it is. It's two bucks or something. Maybe three I'm gonna bucks. I'm going to load it up again out there somewhere. It's You start out in like a um, horizontal shmup where you're just like shooting things, very retro-y feeling. That, it was confusing because there's a game called Out There. Yeah, which is different. It is different, and I have that on iPad, and it's good. Yeah, I have that game too. It's fun. Um, I think James bought this for me, this Out There Somewhere game. Yeah. He bought it for me because it was one that went down to like 19 cents. Oh, it's actually cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah very positive reviews. After you do the, the horizontal shmup, you, mm. you crash land onto a planet, and then it's a platformer, puzzle platformer. It sounds like um, 
what's it called? Uh, Guardian, Guardian, no, not Guardian Legend, Blaster Master. I don't think I played Blaster Master. Or Guardian Legend, Blaster Master. I don't, I don't think I played it. Master Legend. Well, anyways, this game's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's got, it's funny, it's. Is it, is it short? Is that why it's only $2? I don't know, I haven't beaten it yet. I've put in more than an hour. Uh, but it's so there's, cheap. I there's wonder cool what... artwork in it. There's the music is decent, chiptune music. Nice. Uh, the puzzles are fun. I you have like a teleportation gun, so you, oh, okay. you shoot yourself across the map to different areas, and then you can actually get a gun gun too. Yeah, it's... usually when you see those games go down to like the 19 cents or whatever, you can tell like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But that one, no, there I... doesn't look like anything like, obviously like wrong I'm with saying, it. Like I'm saying, it's an incredible deal for what it is. Hmm. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, I would have paid. I, like I would have pegged this at like a seven dollar game. Well, been uh, happy to pay it. You can add that to our recommendation or our, our Steam curator. Yeah. Um, I played a few 20 minutes or less. I finally booted up Full Mojo, Mojo Rampage. I like is, that game. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, slick. It's like a more produced Binding of Isaac, I think is what we said like a long time ago. But yeah, yeah it's got cool shit in there. And it's I just got, have, got I never a lot of weird stuff where you like can like craft uh, voodoo pins. Voodoo juices and stuff. I don't know. Like all <laughs> kinds of stuff. They were the things like that you stab the voodoo dummy with. That yeah. you can equip. Yeah. I thought it was neat. I need to go back and I completely forgot about that game until you brought it the up. The art is neat. Yeah. Totally solid. And it, it's 3D without being obnoxious. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you got into that. Yeah, I've been playing it some. I I, I wouldn't say I play it like every day. Um, other games I've been playing more. Uh, and then, um, oh, I played Space Jacked a lot. Space Jack. Oh, that was sent to us. Yeah. Let me look up the developer again here. Space Jack um, the, was one of the games where the the developer sent it to us. So we got it for free. Um, but I was like super happy and satisfied with it. It was, um, it's like a tower defense game. Yeah. It says arcade tower defense, some sweet looking, um, space pixel art. It's by Rotten Mage. It's it's a, it's a really fun, great game where you're, you have, you're basically you're on a spaceship and you have four different rooms or three different rooms and you set up your towers in those different rooms in different designated spots on platforms and you just have to go in between the rooms because you also have a gun. So you can fill in where your towers are not um, doing a sufficient job. You can upgrade the towers. There's different types of guns. You know, there's ones that are like lasers or ones that shoot quickly, ones that uh, keep people static, slow them down. Um, it kind of has a super crate box look to it, like where it's a single screen and you got yes exactly. enemies kind of spawning all over the place that you run around and try to get them that's exactly it and then there's also mini games hidden in there that are just fun that's very cool yeah uh, i, I enjoyed a lot i put a lot of time um just enjoying myself playing that game so well i mean and you know saying that so and so sent it to us uh just so people out there kind of have an idea of what that entails we use this um this company that they have a catalog, and then we request, hey, we want to check your game out for the show. So already getting the game to us, it's not like most of these people are cold sending us Yeah, stuff. They're, str- they're screened already a little bit. Yeah, so we, we're like, oh, this looks like we'd like to check it out, and if you know we have stuff to say about it, we'll talk about it on the show. So already getting it to us, like we showed some interest in it, but we're not just talking about stuff because someone cold emailed us. 
Yeah, again. no. So it's, this it, is one where I like I generally uh, would recommend it, and I probably you know I would have bought it if they didn't send it to us. But I, I'm glad that they didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, hopefully <laughs> you'll get like one other person to check it out here. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I mean, there's some humor in there, but it's not super goofy. You know, off the wall. Uh, the tone is is fun. It's just like lighthearted and fun. Um, it looks fun. I, I'm gonna you can try upgrade it out. your guy too, so you can either focus on upgrading your your turrets or upgrading your your own gun. It looks like they spent a lot of time on dance animations for the scientists. The animations are good too. <laughs> there is good animation. Well, should we do a little quick run here of stuff that was sent in to us because we have a several more on the, hi cat on the uh, list. Sure. From the same service. So we have um, Ari and I played a little bit of Neurovoider, which is a, I would call it like more of twin stick shootery uh, nuclear throne vibe. Uh, did some co-op of that. And that was, it felt pretty satisfying. I believe it's still in early access. I'm pulling the page up. So if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, that's why. Which is nothing. Neurovoider. One word. Uh... Right now it's ten dollars. I'm usually not attracted to the word void, as people know. <laughs> well, I am. And voiding in general, but this was a fun game. Yeah, this is uh, developed by Flying Oak Games. Publisher is Plug In Digital. It uh, had a, yeah, it had a very Nuclear Throne feel, but co-opy. And uh, the cool thing was, is like you're kind of these these robots where you can add different parts to you, which also comes with. Uh, different classes almost like a class-based part upgrade system and um, we did co-op and it seemed to work really well there's a lot of game there already for despite being in early access which joey tricked me into playing <laughs> yeah i told him after the fact it's like hey let's, let's just try this out but the cool thing about the upgradable um aspect of it is that normally in a lot of those you pick your class and it's like you're the heavy i'm the healer or you know support or whatever and this one you pick your class, but then you could upgrade certain parts, and it's like, oh, this part can only be ha- had by the heavy. So if you want to equip that, you can, but you have to switch classes. Yeah, you switch over. And then over. you can if you want. Um, so it seems really neat. I I really liked uh, their little promo video, which is what got me to request access to it, and they sent it to us, which was super cool. Um, I'm going to keep definitely keep it installed and follow it until it's done. But they say it's a twin-stick shooter RPG set in a cyber-futuristic world about brains shooting around evil robots. I'd say that's really accurate. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> they nailed the description there. That would, that's what the game is like. Yeah, we're, we're trying to blast through some of these, <laughs> this back catalog of stuff we sent. I've been working a shitload, so uh, our uh, game playing time has been kind of... Uh, minimal. At least mine has. Ari's been in Hearthstone, so that's why. <laughs> no, I've been playing other stuff too. I just do one hour of Hearthstone and six hours of Stardew Valley, <laughs> which is my fault. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Fucking your fault. <laughs> I was. I, I thought that's what you were telling me not to bring up, so I wasn't mentioning. Oh. That, but yeah, I've been playing the fuck out of Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ari even said I'm not going to buy it because I know it's it's going to do to me. So I bought it for Because I remember Harvest Moon, man. That was bad. Was it? Oh, man. I played so much goddamn Harvest Moon. On Super Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, okay. I had so, one for Game Boy I liked, but I never played anything other oh, than no, that I one. Played, I played one of them, and then I never bought the others because <laughs> I was like, no, I can't But you're do just that. depriving yourself of something you love. That's what I don't no, understand. I, like, I, don't even, I can't even tell you that I love Stardew Valley. It impresses the shit out of me. 
Yeah. And there's so much there. But I sit there and I'm doing things because I, it's like almost feels like work that I never want to stop. <laughs> like there's a there's a dope. What's the dopamine drip, though, in there? Is it just that things are getting you're getting better? You have so many concrete tasks ahead of you. Yeah. And you know, these are things that you can do and that will help you. So you just like feel good, like doing all these little things like, oh, I got I have these seeds. I got to plant these seeds. Oh, I got to hoe the ground first. Okay. All I have to do is click one button on each piece of ground, then I have to plant it, do it again, then water it, and then, great, okay, now I move on to chopping down trees. Okay, I chopped down those trees. I got some wood. Now with the wood, I can craft a barn. Okay, you know, it's like they do a good job of expanding also what these little tasks do. They open up other tasks. Right. And this, <laughs> So your reward for doing stuff is to get more stuff to do? Yeah, it's, it's a pie-eating contest where you win more pie. That's what you win. You win. Right. You win more work. The uh, the game though. Have you? So have you been looking up? I've seen game? bits of it. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I didn't know. I thought it was just Harvest Moon. Like Nintendo's not fuck or whatever that company is is not coming not out with Sumi another. Or... Yeah, I think so. They're not coming out with a new Harvest Moon. So I'm just gonna fucking do it. But it's right. not. It's Harvest. There's like Moon. fighting too. There's like five different awesome games that they crammed in. So there's like Minecraft aspects. There's like harvest moon aspects. There's like, um, there's a fishing game. Like, there's all these different. I've heard people complain about the fishing game. That's about as much as I know the about the fishing that. games. Is not great, <laughs> especially with the bamboo rod you start out with. It, okay, it's super it makes it hard. hard. Okay, yeah, but you can like buy better rods that make it a little easier. Yeah, you can. But it's still pretty jank. Tell me about your rod now. But What's like your current rod. I still use the bamboo one, man. I because I don't give a shit about the fishing. Okay, like <laughs> you can completely like right now I've been doing a lot of the adventure tasks which are going deeper into a mine mm-hmm. so it's basically like uh you say you're climbing cave, down which you love which i do enjoy a lot yeah and you you're just basically killing slimes in a mine and going deeper and deeper and getting like more minerals and shit that you can then turn into into anything like the minerals you can either put into your forge and like get like bricks or you can sell them to the to the blacksmith uh oh my god i really need to get Holy shit, Joey. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I, I fucking... It's I destroying turning, me. I love turning material into other material. <laughs> it's fucking destroying me, but I could not uh, I'm gonna look tell up your you hour, more. I'm going to look at your It's... it's so, look, but anyways, it's... Uh, I stopped for a while to play some of these other games. Okay. But um, I'll just sit there. With, like, the first time I started it up, I literally started it and then looked up the clock 45 minutes it jumped and i don't know what happened i like blacked out oh boy so that, that there's a lot to say on that but it's been talked to death so we don't it, yeah it. that that thing has exploded and good for him i mean that's awesome no they definitely put so much freaking work into it that it's totally worth it um there's another game that i want to talk about that we got for free that this one's a little bit different i don't think you played it was defragmented no i didn't yeah. No? You're good on it. Okay, okay. Yeah, the it's um it's really weird in that it has like dating sim like start where it's like But those are your favorite. Joey, they're your favorite. You shut up. And they're your favorite and it's cyberpunk. No, it's not. It's nothing. Oh. Well, it, it was neon. It's I figured it was cyber, uh, sorry, take check this out. It's cyberpunk dates. Like the art is <laughs> real bad. There's there's no, there's cyberpunk elements. But it's actually just a top down shooter. 
Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. I just saw the logo. What was it called? Uh, Defragmented. Defragmented. There's. It's one of those games where there's just so much story. There's and they fucking so love the story. Much story. Uh huh. Like, with with not so great art. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways. Fair. Yeah. Uh, we got a, was that it of our list? Oh, Axis no. and Acres. Axis you want to talk about Axis and Acres? Um, let me By look. the guys who made Militia. Militia, which was a cool looking little puzzle-y. I enjoyed it. It's like orcs and swords and Yeah, but it's positional. very like stripped down um, design where you're on a grid. And this is a very similar type of. Uh, I, I saw the art, like the, the photo for this. And I was like, that's a guy that made Militia. It's a very yeah. identifiable. Very like, like clean design. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In grids where it's like, you know, there's an axe that takes up a whole block, but there's also an orc's head that takes up a whole block. Mm-hmm. And that's militia. It's it almost looks and feels like a chess game where you're moving the chess pieces around as if they're um like exploring an area and less like they're Which trying to kill. I guess shout out then. We they also sent us <laughs> militia. That's how we got that one too. Oh no, I had militia before that. Yeah, from a long time ago. Yeah. They sent it to us. Oh, really? But I was playing it on my tablet. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not. They sent it to yeah. us on Steam. I think... I don't I don't know. But I, I played it on my tablet. It's, okay. a, okay. it's a much better tablet game. But that's very similar to to this game, Axis and Acres. So Axis and Acres is... I would... It is a board game. It's a, it's a board... Yeah, that's... The first thing that I thought was, this is a computer board game. Which I... It's I, got dice. I gravitate towards that stuff because I think there is something interesting in doing board game style strategy because there's a certain pacing to that, which is why I like a lot of these harder strategy games that aren't real time strategy. It's like make a decision and you have this table of decisions you can make and then you have to adjust like your plans get ruined because usually board games have a smaller scope. So you're vying for actions or resources along with another player or an opponent. And then you come up with a plan five moves ahead, but they will inevitably get ruined and you have to adjust. There's, it's a very tight strategy loop that a lot of other things outside of board games don't do, which is why I wanted to try this. I think that the tough thing is, is the game is almost more complex than the artwork. So it's, I feel like it needed maybe a little bit more to it because right now it almost feels too stripped down for what yeah. the thing is. So you're, you're, uh, I think the, the fact that it's stripped down like that, you're doing a lot of movements, but they, they kind of take a good amount of time like to move because it's not a board game. You don't have the tactile joy of like moving a dice over to here and then, right. you know, rolling these other dice, but you still have to like click the dice and then select which, where you want it to go and then you go back and select another dice and destroy it to give yourself movement. So then you can go back up, click on that dice. Like it's it's a lot of movement for not a lot of action, and that kind of slows it down. The pace, yeah, the pacing of it. Whereas the and the the strategy of it, it's it's not like you were saying is the advantage of most other board games where the scope is really small, mm. and so you're vying for position or you're trying to harvest, you know, something or place workers or whatever you're trying to do in those games, this is like there's a big map and you're kind of free to do uh, a lot of different things. It's like board game mixed with a 4X idea. Yeah. Where they, it's like build it, this small civilization in a board game coat. Constraints, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of slow like a board game 
but it becomes more frustrating when there's a lot of different movements that you do each turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really it's 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 a cool idea. It, it almost feels like it's still in progress, like a work in progress. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's some <laughs> like having the the quit and the help and the end turn or whatever in the center of the screen felt very temporary. Like we're gonna eventually adjust what all this is, but. I wanted to at least give it a shout out because it is doing stuff that I would like to see more. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just making a game. They're a two person studio. It's, it's like, that's a pretty big f- scope for a game for a two person studio. Um, I think they nailed militia with their art style, but if they're going to continue that type of thing, I think it's, it's getting harder. The more complex you make the game to try and stick to that limited, scope i don't know maybe I, I this is another game too though i think i would play it a lot more on a tablet because it it maybe, you can yeah. just do a couple turns and then stop and then come back to it and i think it would be perfect for that like if you're at, in the car and you need to wait for someone this would be a great thing to just pull up do a few moves put it away or if you're on a plane you can play it for a while because it's it's good at like um occupying your brain and it's you know mm-hmm. got some fun strategy in it but it's not something where I want to sit at my computer and do. Well, I think maybe that is the difference in how you and I experienced it for the first time. I thought it was it, w- it was at least interesting enough to keep going through, but I'm in the unique position where I'm at work and I get like pockets of nothing, but I also have my laptop sitting open. So I had the game open and because it is turn-based and there's no clock and it's just waiting for my decisions, if I had five minutes, I'd keep going. And then I get called away to do something else and I come back to it and it's still there. So I got to experience it as like really slow and drawn out. And I didn't actually sit and interact with it for long chunks and feel how like that pacing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That seems like a much better way to play the game. Yeah. So it's. I will say though, if you do um, go to check this out, don't even try with the tutorial. It's, it's really not great there. They do give you a tutorial video that you can watch, like you click the link and it takes you to YouTube and it brings up the video. I had to watch that to get a sense of the game. And I play a lot of board games. Yeah. You know, like I don't think, and I read a lot of bad manuals and can <laughs> decipher them, but I had I had trouble. You think maybe it's because you know, or like they're trying to apply different terms to things that are already so standard there's, in the board there's game There's not side? terms. Like that. it's just, there's not enough. They're, like they, I think they they tried to distill it down to just a couple sentences, mm-hmm. but it really is unclear what you're supposed to do um, in the way that they describe it. Okay. So it's not even really worth doing the tutorial at all. Okay. Well, this is Axes and Acres, and that's from Brain Good Games. Um, yeah, I'm keep excited an eye to see it. what else they come out. Yeah. With. Well, you can tell just from militia to this that they've already grown in like their skills. So you know, I think keep an eye on their stuff because. They're at least doing new things, and I, I dig the art. I just don't think it was perfect for this one. But, uh, yeah, check it out if you want. 20 minutes or less. We could talk. Uh, I don't have that many. Okay. There's one. Uh, have you played Symphony? No. It's a weird game. I think I got it in a pack. Okay. <laughs> it's super weird. So the first thing you do in Symphony is it scans your whole music library, and it's got this hokey... Um, storyline that's like these aliens are trying to kill your music you got to kill them or they'll like corrupt your music but then you know it's got 
uh, cool mechanic, which is that it'll take any song that you have and turn that into the soundtrack for the game. And you know those visualizers that they used to have for like Winamp? Where yeah, like, yeah. When the music would play, like different parts would spike around the screen. Yeah. They do that, but with waves of bad guys. So when the tempo goes up, bad guys like flood in. Oh, that's kind of neat. So there's cool stuff like that. I forgot um, we were in 20 minutes or less already. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot we were in this. I was leading to something. Yeah, but ultimately, um, and it, it's got some good stuff where like you can up. Oh, so I didn't say what the, the it's a vertical shmup. You're just shooting things. You're shooting okay. aliens. Okay. You're okay. at the bottom of the screen shooting aliens that are flooding in. And um, it's neat that you can do any song, but then there's also like no real levels. That Because it's just dictated by your song and it gets too repetitive for me. But you get to jam to your jams but and I, shoot stuff to your jams. I could just listen to music while I'm playing any other <laughs> That's <game>. true. <laughs> like I, it's not hard on a computer to do that. Get your lawyer logic out of here. <laughs> So uh, you know, I it's it's a cool idea. It looks all right, and it's uh, it's neat that you can use your own soundtrack. But ultimately, I didn't want to play it for more than like ten minutes. It seems like it, a neat tech that belongs in another full game. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. That's fair. So that's twenty minutes or less. All right, Symphony. There's a uh, there's a twenty minutes or less game that I that might turn into longer. I might go back to and give it another chance. So it's a potential 20 minutes or less. Potential not 20 minutes okay. or less. Oh, okay. So like, you know, I put in less than 20 minutes now, but I might put in more. <laughs> okay. Which is There Was a Caveman. Oh, you played it? I played it, yeah. Okay. It's just <laughs> fucking hard, right? It's fucking hard. <laughs> but, well, the controller, it's got controller uh, play. It's frustrating but it's it's also kind of fun it's just is it like Mega Man or is it uh ghouls and goblins ghouls and goblins just or ghosts is it ghosts and goblins so those are two different games isn't it isn't what's the one with the lance with the guy who loses his armor yeah that's ghouls and goblins right i think so fuck man i don't know is it like that where it's super punishing hard and yeah it's side scroller yeah yeah but you're a caveman yeah you're a caveman your wife is dead so you go find a new wife Oh, is it, is it sad? I mean, I don't know. Caveman times that happened a lot, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was frustrating. It didn't have uh, that much that was um, super compelling to me, you know, it's, to keep me going. It seems like if it's an authored experience that trades in being just mega difficult old school like that, that's less interesting to me than if it was learning systems of the game. Yeah, it's more of the former. That's what I mean. Where it was like it was really good, that you know. But I just it, it's, I'm not compelled to play it because I've kind of done that. It's a good version of that if you're really into it. But, but if, then if you are really into it, you're playing Shovel Knight instead. Yeah, probably. Or <laughs> Sorry, you're, Caveman. You're tired of knights and you want Caveman. This is the good alternative. Oh, there you go. How's, I mean, how's the art? Is it pretty simple? Yeah, art's simple but good. Okay. You know, it's. In 20 minutes or less fashion, it's not a bad game. It's just not one that grabbed me. Okay. So, some of the games are bad. Well, yeah, some of them are <laughs> bad. But a lot of them are not. They just are not, you know, games that I wanted to put more time into for one reason or another. This is that reason is just like I played that this type of game a lot. I've kind of exhausted it. There's too many other interesting new games that I'd rather play. Well, that's a good segue into one of my 20 minutes. I think this will be the only one I'll bring up this episode. But I accidentally just launched it, and it's called Death Goat. Great name. Right? It is like, 
think of every every metal album cover Death with you know uh pentagrams and I think we actually have it. Let me no, no. Oh yeah, I don't have that to turn on. Okay, never mind. I was I, <laughs> I would have been able to pipe music in if I had. Don't that worry, track folks at home. I didn't know what Joey was doing either. <laughs> but here's the here's the logo screen. Yeah, looks cool. Yeah, but all it is is an arena top down, like Robotron. <laughs> you you can pick a goat, you can pick whatever, and then you. You just then you have a survive off. as long as you can. One, two, three, go. I can be the goat. Is there a metal soundtrack? Yes, but from different bands. But you pick like a palette. Interesting. So you, there's a grumpy cat. Grumpy cat it. meme thing. So yeah, here you pick the band that you want to be like the score. Okay. Um. So it comes honestly to the metal theme. I think so. You can tell that they really dig Satan. Like, who? I mean, who doesn't dig Satan? But then you get in it, and it just looks like kind of a uh, a constructy. Yeah. Like I don't. It's very similar to the boob game that I made in Construct. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which no one knows. Did we ever post that or anything? Uh we'll save that for another. Thing. <laughs> the boob game. If I was someone else, I'd be super intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think we were going to do a contest for it or something, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe of a custom show or something. Okay, look at we'll, we'll, we'll look up out. and find the boob game again. Yeah. <laughs> what was it called? Uh, I can't remember now. Twenty minutes or less. In, the boob game. Got to look in emails. Okay, we'll find it. But yeah, that it, it's cool art style, and I dig the theme. It's just like all paint and nothing under it. So yeah. bummer. But I think I got it in a pack as well. Okay. D- Death goat. Before we go into our interview segment, let's give away a quick game. Um, what do you think? Do you want to do space or demons? Uh, demons. Demons. We are going to give away Shadows versus Warlocks, which I own because Demons. Have you played it? I have played it. Okay. So then I'll guess what it is. Yeah. Shadows versus Warlocks. I'm guessing it's like a real cartoony, like plants versus zombies look to it. Not that it's a uh, uh, tower game like that, but uh, I would say it's um, it's a side scroller where you're a warlock and it's real <laughs> cartoony looking. What is it? Warlocks versus shadows is. Slay monsters, defeat epic bosses, collect magical gear, become a warlock, and save the universe. Here you go. You it's it's a was it close team team based um side profile uh wave type of thing. No, I wasn't that far off, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little wrong with the art. The art looks much better than I thought it would. Yeah, reviews are mixed. Um. I see why you bought this. It's neat looking. Right? Yeah. So it's a $15 fucking game, kids. You can get it by entering this code into Steam first. B2Y35WIK4WY44G7. Yeah. The only thing we ask is that if you do grab it, uh, send us a review. You can either email it to us at wazpod at gmail.com. You can send it to us 
on our Steam page, which is the Waz Pod Group. You can um, post it for us on a five-star review on, a- on iTunes. <laughs> which, That's our favorite way. I would like to further expound upon what you just said about if you take a game, let us know with a review of some sort. Um, I have a feeling a lot of the old games must still be up for grabs because no one has said anything. <laughs> no, we've gotten a couple of reviews. Remember there was that like Space Beavers? Oh, yeah, that, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've gotten some some of them, but yeah, some yeah. of the bigger ticket ones, like Sonic All-Star, Racing All-Stars, oh, yeah. someone has to have taken that. And no review. So no review. You're really, you're really screwing it up, guys. So this is, this is the candy dish that says, like, thank you for whatever, and you don't do the whatever, but you just take the candy out of the dish, and everybody sees you do it. Yeah, you're taking a penny, buddy. You're not leaving a penny. Listen. Sometimes you got to leave a penny. Odds are you're in the Waz Pod group. We can see when you get a new game. <laughs> if suddenly you own a copy of Warlocks vs. Shadows, send us a review. Yeah, even if you want to tweet it at us in 144 characters, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not fine. very much. Come on. Yeah. So, anyway, that's, that's that's what we ask. But, but I, I need to go game. back to this. I think I bought it when it was uh, early access. So I want to I want to go back in because it looks pretty slick in demons. Yeah, the art is really good. The uh, the reviews are mixed, but I. I bought it myself, and then it came in a pack at some point, which is why it's on our list now. <clears throat> oh, can you delete that from the yep. archive? All right, well, let's get into the last bit of the show here. We have uh, a nice, meaty talk ahead of us with uh, the founder, creator, and editor of Boss Fight Books, Gabe Durham. Uh, was nice enough to talk to us via Skype. So that is going to be the remainder of the show. Um, anything that you want to talk about before we get into the interview segment? No, just thank you to Gabe. This was a really fun talk. The book series is really cool. You'll hear in the interview um, what kind of books they publish. And uh, Gabe's book, too, which is Bible Adventures, is awesome. It's really good. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about the game Bible Adventures, which was an NES game. But he gets into his own personal history with it and the history of the company that's involved in it. And it's just a really fun read. Even if you're not like a reader, it's... They read very quick. 200 pages, really quick read, fun. Um, so thank you to Gabe. And uh, uh, That's bossfightbooks.com. And he gave us the date uh, to keep an eye out. If this type of stuff interests you, keep an eye on Kickstarter on the date of... Stalling. April 27th, so then... Wednesday, April 27th, I believe that is when Nailed Kickstarter it. for their third season of books is going to hit. Um, most recently, the book came out, Spelunky, uh, written by Derek Yu. Which, Joe, you're not a fan of Spelunky, right? I I love, hate Spelunky. <laughs> I've never heard you talk about it once, no, so no, I don't no, no, really no. think you like it. I, everything in there is, he talks about his reasons for certain design decisions, and it's all stuff that I've just taken for granted. I'm yeah. like, oh, of course, this is how this works. And then he tells you why that's how it works, and it's blowing my mind. Wow, I'm excited to read that, <laughs> It's too. so good. Um, but yeah, there's about 10 books on here. I've, I wrote a quick list before we get into the interview. If any of these games interest you, you can read a full book dedicated to just that game. Shadow of the Colossus, Metal Gear Solid, written by the Birches of Hey Ash, What You Plan, Baldur's Gate, Bible Adventures, Super Mario 2, Jagged Alliance 2, Galaga, ZZT, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, Spelunky, and the upcoming WoW book, uh, World of Warcraft. So you got to read the Chrono Trigger book and then finally play that freaking game. I know. 
I have good. it. I bought it, the Chrono Trigger book. I don't know that you'll have the patience to play that long of a game anymore. I don't either. But it's it's good. Really? I mean, I'm. Have you played it recently? College. So no, no, ten years. Okay. More yeah. than more so than some. Yeah. Interview time. You like have the exact same tenor, and you just kind of. Well, I them together in it, your brains. Exactly. I I would have the deeper voice if it was possible, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it has not worked out that way. We're still waiting on him. He's gonna <laughs> any day now. <laughs> this could be your year. <laughs> so, how's it going, dude? Uh, it's going good. All right. I think we're we're all set up. Can you hear us all right? Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, uh, great. Is, are my levels good? Yeah, yeah. I have um cords running all over the place and it always feels like it could fall apart at any second but i feel really good about it at least for right now cool Um, cool. well if it does uh whatever all right (laughs) perfect (laughs) yeah yeah uh so we're gonna just insert this into a regular show and then again we're gonna we'll be able to edit anything so you know there's this isn't like live to air by any means so yeah, um, if if we ask a question, I'll, I'll try and ask at least one question that you can't answer or is awkward enough that we'll have to cut it out. Yeah. So you can just <laughs> let us know. And, and if yeah. you, you threaten the president or something by accident, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, a, yeah. That's a, if I do, it'll be as an expression. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, you know, a, a strike an Obama or something. <laughs> and file <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we should we get going? You good? Yeah, I'm good. good. Okay, I'm all cool. set up too. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we are talking with Gabe. I'm and I'm gonna say Durham. Durham. Dur- got it. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. We're talking with Gabe Durham of Boss Fight Books, author of Bible Adventures. Uh, yeah. Gabe is the publisher and series editor of Boss Fight Books. Hi, Gabe. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, do you want to tell the folks, you know, the tens of people that are our fan base, what uh, Boss Fight Books is? Um, yeah, so this, I'm speaking to the backlog of people who, once the podcast has really caught fire, I figured <laughs> in maybe like a year and a half from now, I'm sure. just go back. And uh, so 2018, hi. <laughs> um, we, they, well, they don't have books anymore. They just shoot your, <laughs> your imprints right onto their brains. <laughs> That's, so keep uh, keep that in mind when you're describing tech it. Tech moves quickly. That's what our next book is going to be. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Boss Fight Books is a series of books, uh, nonfiction, uh, critical, historical, personal books, um, and each of the books is about an individual video game. Um, so, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, ZZT, um, and what the and, and each one is by a, a different author. Uh, some of whom are in the games world as a game maker or a games journalist. And then some of them are more uh, just writers um, like novelists and poets and uh, journalists and that kind of thing. So yeah, people are approaching from really different angles. Um, What the game calls for tends to be really different depending on what the the game is and the uh, author themselves are bringing um, their own uh, expertise and experience and, and all that to the, to the table. So, um, yeah, we are 11 books in, um, Spelunky by Derek Yu, um, is our most recent book and, Which uh, I was uh, very, very excited about that release. That's, uh, cool. Yeah. 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 That's, so this has been like a really exciting time for us because this book, um, has hit a lot harder than any of our other books have so far. Um, mm-hmm. just the response to it, um, has been really cool. I think there's, it's kind of a, 
uh, cocktail of people's love for Spelunky and then the excitement about the idea of uh, reading a book about the game itself by the dude who made it um, and who made uh, most of the artistic decisions about it so he can speak to it right uh in some ways better than anybody else ever could um so this is our first book uh in that autobiographical vein where um someone is approaching their own game um it'd be cool to do more of those in the future um this was kind of my my uh this this was kind of the one that i thought of uh when i had the idea for a, for an autobiographical book i thought well what i'd really like is to get derek you for splunky and uh <laughs> What was um, it? Was it a tough sell? Uh, it, I wouldn't say it was tough. It was. Um, he's a really like thoughtful guy, so he just kind of chewed on it for a while. So I reached out to him, and he said, "Oh, yeah, I'll have to. That sounds interesting to me. I'll have to think about that." And so we emailed back and forth, and then we talked on the phone, and um, eventually, anyway, I think that might have been for a month or two, and then eventually he said, "Yeah, okay, I want to do it." That's um, great. Yeah. So that's been. Um, it's been. Yeah, I mean, uh, apart from the success of the book, just getting to do that and work, working with him on it has been really uh, neat for me and fulfilling. So obviously it's a little different with your book that, that you wrote yourself, but when you have a book being written by other authors, how much uh, editorializing and how, how, how much involvement do you have in the editorial process? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really involved. Uh, I, think, I think I'm probably a lot more involved, particularly – for a press our size, um, most of the other people I know in indie publishing don't seem to be quite uh, as hands-on as as I am. But I also think part of that is a necessity of kind of the way that we do things. If you run a press that's for you know just say really good novels, um, you know you're probably not going to start talking to an author until they have a really solid draft of a complete novel um, right. it's on more the table of a, ready to go. More of a curation at that point than. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. curation is a great word for it. Whereas this is, uh, it's a really ground floor kind of experience um, where every time, you know, we're working with, uh, I, you know, either, I mean, if it's somebody like Derek, you know, I mean, I just um, approach him and we go from there. But um, at the very most, you know, I'm just working off of a pitch that maybe has a little sample excerpt of kind of what they would like to do with the book. Right. Um, so since we're with that and with, with them in the infancy, infancy, uh, stage of it, then, um, then, yeah, it just kind of requires more, um, on all accounts. And, and, uh, Mike Williams, um, has been really great for that too. He's our associate editor. Uh, I met him originally when he, um, pitched the, the uh, Chrono Trigger book. And, um, after we worked on the book together, we just kind of kept working together on, uh, on the future books. So, um, but yeah, so we're, so we're in on, um, like every stage of the process and, um, particularly like once we have a first draft, um, at the, in the early stages, I'll just give a lot of kind of big, big notes about what I see the book doing. Uh, I try not to get too hung up on the small stuff and, um, kind of to talk about what, which, uh, like threads of the book, um, I'm already really excited about, like what I'd like to see more of, maybe less of, and just kind of steering the book in a bigger way. And then as we move on into future drafts, then. Uh, just get more into minutia and paragraphs and sentences and word choice and all that good stuff. So, how how much of your notes are just? Uh, you should look at page forty five of Bible Adventures. I think, <laughs> I think you learned something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should uh, 
you, you should have read my book and then known what I wanted all these books to do. <laughs> when I wrote the Opus Bible Adventures. <laughs> yeah, I think you're praising your game too much. Uh, <laughs> how how, uh, yeah. how different do the, the drafts end up being at the very end compared to those initial pitches? I assume if you guys are kind of working from the ground floor, there's quite a little bit of collaboration going back and forth, and then they the, it has to change by the time you're you're rolling out the final version right yeah absolutely and i think that's something that it's i mean not only natural i think it's really kind of essential to what um happens in a in a really healthy creative process because you are uh trying to create room for uh someone's uh creativity and discovery to actually happen you know i don't know when i when i'm the writer on something i think a lot of what gets me excited about writing is that sense of discovery and like kind of coming to the page with a general idea of an approach, but then kind of seeing what happens. Sure. Um, and in this case, it's not just seeing what happens as a writer, but also you haven't done all the research yet. So you're going to see where your research takes you. You'll be conducting these interviews. Um, at least in a lot of books, you're conducting interviews and you know, you don't know what's going to come of those and that might lead you down the rabbit hole to another thing. And so, you know, I'll get these, like sometimes these really excited uh, emails from a writer where they're like, I just discovered this whole new aspect. Uh, I think it's going to change things some. And, you know, usually it's, I'm, I'm like, great, you know, because they're, um, there's finding, uh, they're finding new things that are interesting. Um, and and to me, yeah, like as a reader of these books, I just um, I'm really hungry for those moments where I see the writer saying, "Oh, that's so interesting." Right. Oh, that's so interesting, and just grabbing it and finding a way to shove it into the book, and uh, hopefully, eventually, figuring out a way for uh, all that good stuff to cohere. Well, again, going back to the the Bible adventures of it, like even delving yeah. into the history of the company, um, was it Color Dreams? Yeah, Color, Color Dreams, and um, that was just fascinating to hear about this whole like sub subsect of nintendo development that i had no idea was a thing like this this like pirated nintendo almost yeah i think so too so yeah for your uh listeners who um are familiar so this is um the the nes era and um during that time for the original nintendo um nintendo was just the the god of um the whole the whole process uh, the seal of quality the seal of quality was huge. And so, you know, people, most people playing video games at all were playing them in, on the Nintendo. And almost all the Nintendo games you played uh, were licensed seal of quality uh, Nintendo games, which not only means that they approved them, but it actually means that they got these exclusive contracts with them. And then they were the ones who physically uh, created the games. So the game makers would just have to hand all of their work over to Nintendo, who, uh, as as the god would say, this is how many copies we're going to make, this is how big of a promotional push we're going to do on it, this is how it's going to be featured in Nintendo Power. So, wow. you know, which, if you created a really great game and Nintendo saw that, then that could be really good for you. Um, but the, the barrier to entry was really high, uh, particularly for smaller, scrappier companies, because you might have the talent to create a, ga- a great game, but you might not have the money to front to Nintendo uh, for them to produce it. For the and, cartridges um, and, that is, and all that stuff. Yeah, these yeah. really constricting contracts. So, so Color Dreams was trying to do it outside of the system. And um, so the, the 10NES chip uh, was the part of the Nintendo that would read a game to see if it uh, was a licensed Nintendo game. And if it wasn't, it you know, locked out the game. 
so the very clever uh, trick that the Color Dreams games employed was they would just send a really slight electric shock into your Nintendo, just <laughs> enough to disable the chip and get past it and, uh, and make it so that you can play the game. When uh, I was reading that, I was wondering, do you hear any stories about like little kids trying to lick the cartridge? And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's countless electrocution stories. Um, so sad. W- uh, wisdom yeah. tree, Korea, uh, Christian game manufacturer and child electrocutor. <laughs> Those poor tykes, but but still, the company's heroes. They went up against Nintendo. And well, one of the things I had fun exploring in the book was just that Christians love to buy Christian shit, and so <laughs> uh, once you know they started making games in that vein, um, you know some of which were kind of good or kind of okay, and others were really god awful. Um, they just sold, uh, or at least for a while they sold. Yeah, so in, they, in your book you mentioned Christian Scott Punk, Christian skateboarding yeah. videos, DVDs <laughs> about a family of backcountry Christian duck hunters. <laughs> <laughs> That's That one's a, more, a little more recent, uh, but, I, but I couldn't help but uh, sneak it in. Were, were you a big Five Iron Frenzy fan? I was a big Five Iron Frenzy fan. Were you? I was a huge Five Iron Frenzy fan <laughs> until I learned that they were a Christian band and felt terrible as being a, a Jewish kid from the west side of Los yeah. Angeles. So put a lot of, well, I, I think they were one, you know, if you came from a uh, uh, liberal Jewish family, which I only kind of assume because um, most Jews I know come from liberal families. Yeah, but, it's pretty safe. Uh, yeah, so Five Iron was the Christian band that was actually very socially conscious, right? Like yeah. they had the song about um, the slaughter of the Native Americans. They had a lot of like just good stuff to say about questioning their allegiance to America, uh, which <laughs> as a teenager was like really exciting. Yeah. But which was like a big contrast to the other Christian ska band of the time, uh, the OC Supertones. And, uh, you know, I liked them a lot, too, but all their songs were about God. They were on message 100% of the time. So, yeah, anyway, you could... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Figured it'd be hard to keep writing songs like the same thing over and over again. I don't know how you could do that, but... Well, well, just to uh, give people a better understanding also about the particular game that you profile... Which is Bible Adventures, which is made by the the company that you're talking about, Color Dreams, yeah. Color Dreams, and Wisdom Tree. I, my favorite line from your book, um, which is describing Bible Adventures, is, is the three sentences where you write: "The Bible is merely a backdrop. The adventure is often a slog. Bible Adventures is a game for no one." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a back of the box that's, quote right there. That's uh, <laughs> that does kind of feel like a nice summary of. Uh, of the book, but then I immediately kind of backtrack after that and complicate it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can hear throughout the book, and and your tone is is at at some points just pointing out the warts, but also at the same time never moving away from the fact that you enjoyed and loved the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, kind of just, and and I mean, in a way, just kind of love it more now even than i did then you know i think at the time i was more experiencing it like as a kid who's so hungry for video games that the fact that there was this game that i could just check out for free from my church was uh, <laughs> huge yeah it was, it was just such a scarce uh, it's like a scarcity economy where any games you could get your hands on were were very exciting but um but yeah you know i mean i've, I've got that uh that history with that stuff and that love for it um 
and you know, I found ways into their games where I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. You know, I mean, Spiritual Warriors has a legitimately <laughs> kind of fun uh, Legend of Zelda mechanic. That I mean, they, you know, it's it's fairly like ripped off. It's a great name for Zelda that. Though, some, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, the way you describe these games, either when they're just direct ports from old Color Wars games, or where they're just blatant ripoffs of other Nintendo yeah. games. <laughs> It's just I, I've not seen or played any of those games, but you you build such a rich picture of like, well <laughs> Zelda, but you're throwing fruit and <laughs> yeah, there's there's just so much to to talk about, especially as uh, as the company went on. You know, in in the early going, I think what you saw, and that's this is what Bible Adventures was, was an earnest attempt to pander to Christians by kind of really giving them what they wanted. So you've got these Bible stories, these Old Testament Bible stories, and King of Kings was kind of a New Testament version of the same same thing, basically, of um, saying, like, you know, here's what we think you want. Um, and then as the money started to run out and as the market started to move on to uh, SNES and Genesis and it became harder and harder to make a game on the cheap, you know, the, I think that whole era, it's just the the number of people needed to be involved in the creation of a game, you know, would go from like five people to 10 people to 20 people to 40 people. And, you know, uh, moving forward into the like N64 era, um, you know, until finally it's come back around now and we have indie games and it's possible for... Yeah, I wanted um, to ask you about that because when you're t- describing that, our our system is now contracted to exactly the opposite where one guy can make like Axiom Verge or, you know, it yeah. takes one person to make an incredibly rich experience where Derek Yu can pull out Spelunky. Have you dipped into the Christian world to see what they're doing now? I mean, you mentioned the convention that you went to a little bit, but is there an ecosystem now for bizarre pandering christian games <laughs> right yeah i i think that there sort of is but it seems to have changed a lot um i man i you know i, I wish i had uh physically attended that uh conference um and in fact uh there's a guy who uh has been working on an article where um i sent him my book and then that got him excited about writing about these things and then he went to the conference himself so i'm really <laughs> interested to see what that'll uh, turn into um, if it indeed uh, comes out. But uh, what? Oh, so yeah. So nowadays, uh, there's there's definitely some weird stuff. Um, I and and I think it's uh, like the gaming is so much more stratified now, or, it's, or it's, there's so many more games in the world that it's harder to kind of get a handle on what even exists, especially in these tinier niches. But mm-hmm. I could tell you, um, so about a decade ago, much more recently, um, there was a Left Behind game, um, the Left Behind series sure. uh, of novels and movies about uh, about the times like immediately following the rapture when all the Christians are taken up into heaven. And it was... Was that the RTS um, one? Was it? They didn't. didn't it they? was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Exactly. It was. A, I, I haven't gotten to play it. What? Uh, but, but it's a, <laughs> what? <laughs> of no. all the genres of gaming. Yeah. No. That I, was my the parents last were. My parents were big into Left Behind, so like I saw that that <laughs> game existed, and I didn't. I was like, "What could that possibly be?" And I was like, "Oh, real time stream. Of course it is." And so you're kind of yeah. I mean, I, I believe it's like you're. Uh, it's it's in the in the RTS tradition. You are battling evil um, in in terms of like kind of fighting the uh, heretical 
uh, forces that are uh, trying to, I don't know, do do stuff on behalf of Satan. But but you're doing <laughs> – but basically you're fighting – it's kind of like uh, spiritual warfare where you're fighting real people and you can either kill them, which to be fair gives you less points. That's only or, one of the commandments. There's nine other yeah. ones. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, or you can convert them. And so the game lightly – you know, uh, invites you to convert them, but killing them seems to be fine too. Uh, so it was a pretty, uh, pretty like shitty, uh, ugly game. And I mean, just, um, so you're saying undertale ripped off its mechanic big time. Oh, maybe <laughs> from the left behind RTS, from left behind RTS, that hot banger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, but you do, but you do see things, um, now and then there was, uh, I um I was even just this last year I was tutoring um some kids for uh, this uh, company like a creative writing company and they rent out space that is um in a church and in this like youth group room of the church where we were meeting there was this PS2 game and it was a Christian it was basically a Christian trivia game like a Bible bowl kind of thing so that I just never seen before or heard of I'd already finished the book by this point it already come out but I was like oh see there's <laughs> still there's doing just, it there's just more <laughs> like, endless it's, amounts it's never gonna stop but I think it's never gonna be I, I can't imagine it ever being as uh big and and popular um in the same way because it takes just the resources it would it would take to make well just like you said a single a single person and there's can make games and there's so many games coming out it's just probably harder for those to rise up and get noticed yeah at all so i'm I'm sure there's a christian bookstore somewhere that has like bootleg ps4 games or something sitting in the back corner all dusty yeah but it's it just probably don't hear about it as much when the the ecosystem isn't as locked as the nes was so that's right you do see people who uh take either their actual faith or their religious upbringing and do interesting things with it. You know, I mean, um, you know, everybody's uh, talked a lot about that dragon cancer, which is, you know, informed by uh, the faith of the yeah, there's creators. That, the whole chapel um, scene at the end. It's, it's probably uh, the best game I probably will never play. I just <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Is I, uh, when I'm, when I'm ready to be that sad, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it. But, and then, you know, I mean, I, I really love the way uh, Binding Isaac plays with its religious tropes, um, which is kind of all of the, all over the map of, uh, you know, seems like kind of honoring, also making fun. Right. You can tell uh, it comes from a place of, like, knowledge and experience. Yeah. Ed, yeah, Ed was yeah, definitely yeah, traumatized kind of by something. Respect <laughs> and ambivalence and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. So I guess that would segue into one of my, my other questions I had was, when you're not playing Bible adventures still, I assume, is what kind of other stuff do you play for fun if you have a lot of time for that? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, not so much time, but um, yeah, Binding of Isaac was um, a huge one, which I started playing in part because I was like, oh, it's a, it's a semi-religious-ish game that I, that I should check out. Uh, and then I didn't put it in the book at all, but I became addicted to it and played a ton of Say, it. Say, that's but... a dangerous one if you don't have a lot of time, because that can <laughs> yeah, just man. make time disappear. I... Yeah, that's oh, that's I, one where it's like, oh, I'll play for ten minutes. I'll just do one one, one playthrough, and then it's three hours later. And so, like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I recently got a new laptop, and I'm not loading Steam on it for uh, basically because of that game. But uh, <laughs> in, in a more uh, like containable like uh, uh, game, I, I impulse bought um, Shovel Knight for uh, the the Wii U version um, last week, and 
you know, that was solid. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just nice and uh, like you know, yeah, the the, the pleasure of uh, like of the platforming and classic yeah. kind of chunky jumping around and running, <laughs> slashing stuff. Yeah, well, also kind of like absorbing some of the lessons of the present. Like, well, we don't need lives, you know. And, <laughs> well, you know, like right. it, yeah, working in some some little flourishes here and there. Um, but but yeah, very retro. And then um, yeah, like um, you know, I like Mario Kart Eight a lot. Um, I like Splatoon. Um, I still have not played that, but I've heard lots of good stuff about it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, finally played uh, Portal for the first time this year. Wow. wow did you did you get hooked did it um, i mean in? it's great yeah uh, say i i wonder how that holds up after hearing about it for so long and then finally i th- i feel like i kind of knew exactly what to expect honestly <laughs> okay i just seen enough that i was like okay yeah here's the here's the game that <laughs> as as it was explained to me but it's you know it's great it's, it's still but i mean that doesn't really matter because it kind of hangs on the success of the puzzles themselves sure uh which are legitimately good and and challenging. So I like I like two quite a bit more yeah, than one. Really? So, okay. Oh man, it's, it's funny. It's it, hilarious. It gets really good. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. To I, I feel like that's what a that's what I need to pick up next. So in while you're while you're doing these um, when you decide on a new game project, do you play through that game as well, like to kind of have it fresh with you? So like you know, it it depends. I um. I think in some ways I can I can be more helpful with books about games that I'm not quite as familiar with. Sure. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but I uh, you make sure they're explained correctly then because you just you don't know. Right, exactly. So I, I think on all these books, it's we try to have feedback from somebody who doesn't know at all, and then from somebody who is familiar, so that you they can kind of fact you know because yeah, what familiarity brings is you can really fact check that stuff. You can challenge somebody on their arguments to say like, well, I really didn't see it that way and people are going to say this. And mm-hmm. But what you can't do is quite track in the same way like what has been said and what has sort of merely been implied. I think like when I was reading the Chrono Trigger book, I played so much Chrono Trigger that it was it was harder for me to say like, OK, have we explained this property or do I just intuitively know it? Right. Um, and so – you know, so some of these games. I mean, I, I've still never gotten to play Jagged Alliance two, uh, for instance. But I think also like, what that book is, it doesn't quite require me to have that firsthand knowledge. Um, That's next up on my dock. I've never. Oh, cool. I've never um, played that one either. But it feels like something. If I would have really known it existed, I would have. So it'll be interesting yeah. to go into and see from his perspective what I know what that, that is. The that that like combination of. RTS and turn-based sounds really smart, um, but um, yeah, but yeah, you kind of like <laughs> I kind of get these in- intimate uh, knowledge uh, knowledge base about about these games, but yeah, in some cases I'm not spending a lot of time playing them. But I also think yeah, so it is uh, uh, when around the time when Shadow of the Colossus was, I think it was when it was coming up as a suggestion, even during our first Kickstarter. Um, that's when I picked that game up, and um, I think I feel like having having some of that familiarity with it was really helpful to me. Sure, I, I'd never even heard of one of your other ones, the ZZT. I had not mm, even yeah. heard of. Yeah, so I, I hadn't either. Uh, I picked in, that in, up in, just uh, based solely on looking at screenshots of what ZZT was. I'm like, I have no idea, and right. ended up liking that 
that book quite a bit. Um, cool. I thought yeah. that was a very interesting, especially the way Anna was able to kind of connect it to her um, life experience. And it, it has this sort of sister mechanics with like a roguelike to it, but it also was a game creator. It was just a really interesting look at something I'd never heard of. And I, having read, um, you know, Bible Adventures, which I kind of knew a little bit about the game, reading Splunky now, like that's the one that I knew nothing about the game. Mm. going into it and it was still yeah. it still felt like your guys's catalog but it didn't get bogged down in a lot of the tech as well so it was Good. it was really interesting um just something i had no idea it was existing and still yeah. still kind of exists uh creating zzt games thing. and stuff yeah it really is i mean i i think what's i mean yeah anna just did a fantastic job with the book and i think what kind of works well for um, what what we do and for this book is like a part of boss fight is you know the the uh, the game itself and the personal aspect are so intertwined and you really can't talk about one without talking about the other sure. because when you talk about ZZT you can briefly talk about the game ZZT as it was bundled but the real story is in the uh, is in the level editor. And then the community that formed around the level editor. And for for me, I think uh, my favorite stuff in that book is in the second half. You know, kind of once she has found her way into the wider, uh, you know, the the days of uh, BBS and mm-hmm. um, AOL, and um, these these ZZT creators have started to find each other, and they're forming their own culture. And they're it's kind they're of, mini companies and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they're little companies. It's so it's kind of like petty like high school but a lot of these people are in high school um <laughs> right. just kind of like uh you know yeah it's like you, you know when it's, it's nice when you can find your people uh so it's kind of that that story for a lot of them of like oh i found my my fellow uh nerdy creator <laughs> right. types yeah, I, and then I, I so many a, of them are now a, developers a similar experience in uh in high school i played a lot of cron x which was mm. the, the i'd first, never heard of it i'd uh card game like a massive multiplayer card game online oh really yeah it was a bizarre crazy community too where like (laughs) for a while the creators also then created a wwe game and so it was flooded with all these meatheads who came in from the wwe but there was like the core of original people and it was like the stories that would you'd translate through these chat rooms from these people and what is just supposed to be a card game about like cyberpunk tomorrow was just because i was like i don't really want to hear about like because i was like a callous like ninth grader i was like i don't want to hear how like sad and alone you are in your basement in like dubuque iowa but thank you Can, do you want to trade or what i got i got two uncommons for a rare what are you doing yeah <laughs> So uh, yeah, no, I get that. The the creative communities that spawn out of these, you know, games that have really nothing to do with human interaction, is in- incredible. Yeah, yeah. The part that I could uh, relate to a little bit was uh, it reminded me of QBasic, um, and just kind of learning to uh, program a little bit in that language. Uh, that was ninth grade for me too, when mm-hmm. uh, like I took a class in it in high school and uh, just kind of figuring that out and, and and seeing this i mean some of it was graphical but so much of it was just you know character based in that same way and figuring out how you could represent the the stories you wanted to tell and the games you wanted to make with these very crude resources um 
That's very cool. Uh, I have a question just about um, the design of the books because it's it's really strikingly, um, I guess, minimalistic. But it the, yeah. the way that you've organized them, they're really cool looking. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ken Bauman um, has been on board um, designing the books um, from the very beginning. Um, you know, so he's the author of our first book, Earthbound. And, um, he was, uh, really instrumental, um, in helping me, uh, get things started in the, in the, like the very earliest, um, days of the press, you know, once I kind of had the idea for it, he was one of the first people I talked to about it. And he was kind of the first one who really got it and was, was so, you know, so encouraging about like, I, I think you got to do it. Um, and he, you know, and he's, he's, uh, I think you got to do it and you got to publish my book. <laughs> well, well, you know, I actually like that was, that was the moment of, of like, well, okay, so, uh, I'll do it. Uh, if you'll, if you'll write one of the books for uh, me. Cool. Uh, okay. Um, and yeah, so, so he got to work right away. And, so um, was there a lot a of back and forth it. about the design though? Or he kind of was like, I have this idea. It's, you know, kind of um, like a manual. Well, yeah, I mean, there definitely was some back and forth. I think, I think what, um, well, you know, in, in the earliest going, um, you know, for, for me, the thirty-three and a third books were such a huge inspiration, and so um, the fact that they were numbered and they had those numbers displayed prominently, um, I wanted, I wanted that element too. Um, but, but the rest of it, I was like, well, I don't want to have like a, just a picture of the game. Um, and, um, Ken had seen these, um, I think there, they were, um, it's a series of books by and or about Foucault. And it was kind of a style that, um, we ended up going with, which was using, um, real world, uh, photographed objects, um, to kind of hint at something in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Ken started playing with that, um, like kind of immediately, and it was just with, you know with his his book that with that um, that baseball bat and kind of yeah. creating the text around that. Like immediately, it kind of locked into place. And so once and then once we were kind of working on the other covers, and it was just boom, boom, boom. It just looked so good, and you know I'm still I'm still really happy with it. Um, and it, it's it's you know it's really consistent, but it's just malleable enough that we can do different things with it depending on what the game is and our expectations i think so far the biggest uh kind of breaking away that we've done is the shadow of the colossus book because we just flooded the frame mm-hmm. with uh you know this like mossy rock um to just give a sense of that uh of of scope of of uh like the size of one of these rock monsters mm-hmm. um but you know beyond that yeah a lot of white space pretty minimal you can you can definitely all tell they're from the same thing despite the the cover graphic always being different it's yeah very... I, mean, I think that stuff's so fun uh and like collectability i think is is fun right <laughs> too so <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> i gotcha yeah. God, I got you right in your wallet suckers. <laughs> is there uh I, I I see you guys have like the open submissions occasionally is there a particular yeah. uh game that you are just done seeing submissions for. Oh, that's interesting. Like not ones that have existed, but you're just like, we get 7,000 final fantasy submissions or something like that. Is there just ones where we, we have gotten a bunch of final fantasy submissions? Um, 
But I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I mind them because I've wanted to do a Final Fantasy game for a long time. But I think I think with some of these franchises, I just I get even choosier because it's like if well if we're gonna do a Legend of Zelda book, we want to do the right Legend Legend right. of Zelda book yeah, and like really uh, approach it from a great perspective. You know, it's it's kind of like you want it all to line up so beautifully. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna say no to this one for now and see what comes. But Waiting for um, Miyamoto. What's that? Just holding out for Miyamoto. For Miyamoto to yeah. ready. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, just, just keep just keep it warm for him until he's ready. Um, but which is it's yeah. kind of funny you saying that that uh, on your list of published books so far is Super Mario Two. Like out of, out of the Mario's and like the legacy of Mario, we go to to the, the Mario one. The weird that's like, <laughs> like wasn't yeah. even a Mario book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is yeah. fascinating I, on its own crazy bizarro land. Uh, I really liked that about uh, about when we announced that first season because you know we're just kind of coming out of nowhere and saying like we want to do these books and I mean because to me like hopefully like boss fight exists in this space between like it's a you know it's a commercial projects that you know that we want people to really like it uh and so forth but like i don't know we also want it to be kind of weird and to not just not just go for the already best known parts of gaming culture but to really unearth new stories or to dig into stories that we kind of know um and just kind of see what material is there so so i think for yeah it was like i really want it like when i talked to john um irwin about the idea of him writing a book, um, just kind of on the strength of some of the stuff that I, he'd already written, some articles and stuff. Uh, I had already had the, the rest of the season, and I was looking at it. Um, that, that is, I had Earthbound, ZCT, Jagged Alliance 2, and Galaga. And in there, I didn't have any big kind of hit game uh, that, you know, there, there's they're kind of cult hits, but um, I was like, I'd really love to get one of the big genres and um, you know, see what see what you do with that, um, so that we have at least one game that is from something that just about everybody would recognize. Um, and he's yeah, you know, and then that was his suggestion. Was how about Mario too? <laughs> that was like so great. <laughs> so yeah, and there's and there's lots to explore because because of that weird story of uh, it's um, it's coming to the U.S. and it's it's uh, you know being ported and. Um, being, character swapped and being, yeah, being character swapped and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's and and I think that's fun too for for me as somebody who, as a kid, just could not have known any of that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like here's the Mario game <laughs> yeah. received from wherever these games come from. I remember not um, missing a beat where it's like, oh, there's like I'm throwing radishes now. All right, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we talk about it like. Oh, it was so weird. It was the weird one. Nobody <laughs> knew what to make of this. But as kids, it was like, cool. It's it's even, you know, like, it's even better graphics than Mario 1. <laughs> He's still jumping around. I'm, I can do stuff. You can pick four There's different people. Carpets. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's not to love? The Birdo um, music gives you nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My hands would sweat so much once that Birdo music came. Yeah, it's it's still terrible. Um, um, so is but, this... but, Sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh well, yeah, but uh, yeah, I never, I never came up with a good answer to your, to your question. Just like, don't, don't send me any more of these, uh, kind of, because it's really about the take itself. Uh-huh. Um, and I would hate to, you know, I think if we return to the well, to a particular well, too many times, like I can say that. Uh, so, f- 
before long we're going to be announcing the, the next season of books and there is going to be another mario game in there oh okay and i think after that we're probably going to have to or just i will pre- i would prefer to say for a while well okay so we're done with mario for a bit um gotcha but yeah is this uh in is the announcement going to coincide with another uh kickstarter yeah, it is. Um, so uh, that's that's a lot of what's consuming uh, my time right now is um, getting ready for that and kind of la- uh, launching that, finishing up um, all the covers and kind of figuring out how we're pitching it to everybody. We've already shot a video and oh nice. Uh, but but the books themselves have been in the works for a long time now. Um, sure, I think all all five of them have been the, they've been working on them for at least a year now. So. Um, so it's, what's cool about that for me is, uh, you know, when we started the press, um, most of the books were really early in development. So we were just really having to hustle to feel like, okay, we've got these backers, you know, they want their books, right? you know, uh, just feeling the, the heat of that. And, (laughs) you know, now we've got a little more, we just got, we, with the, the machines in motion a little more. And Mm so we can, have fun, uh, kind of presenting it, uh, safe in the knowledge that the books are, uh, you know, it's, it, it they're going to happen and <laughs> they're, right. they're in good shape. And, and one of them is actually finished. So we'll be able to announce it and then say, and it'll come out, you know, really soon after the Kickstarter campaign. And we've never been able to do that before. Oh yeah. Think, that's so. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this full-time job for you now? Mm-hmm. Boss fight or is it still a side? Uh, thing? yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is full-time for me now. Um, okay. that's great. And, yeah, it's it's it kind of has to be. <laughs> like, to I, be able I to yeah. do it right. I totally um, see that. I've I've heard Kickstarters in and of themselves are kind of full time jobs while they're running. Yeah, man, it's so much. It really is. Like, it's, I I must have kind of a, a masochistic instinct to to <laughs> keep to return to the well. But the fact is, it's so cool to present all this stuff all at once to people. Like we've been working on it forever. And there's not there's I don't think there's any better megaphone to say, hey, check out all this cool stuff. Who wants in than Kickstarter? And so I you know, I don't know. To me, it, to me, it feels it keeps feeling worthy um, as a platform because for one thing, we're not just asking for money, just saying like, hey, support us because I don't know, you believe in us. You know, we're uh, people are really kind to uh, to uh, back us. But they are they are pre-orders, you know. They are. So um, you're not interested in like a Patreon style model. Um, I mean, I, I suppose if if we, I have heard of publishers um, do using Patreon for like subscriptions. So I suppose you could do like I, like I saw that uh, you know Nintendo Force NF magazine. They kind of tried to uh, pick up the. Uh, pick up where Nintendo Power left off. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that they went to Patreon, so I'm curious about that. But um, I guess it works most... a little better for a magazine-style publication than a, than a book, though. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people uh, would kind of prefer to pick and choose. Um, I, I really love – I mean, it's been cool to see how many people are up for just subscribing and then getting books as they come and kind of just uh, being interested to see – um, what what happens in these books that are some of which are about games that they never played before, um, but you know, yeah, I definitely understand that some people would rather just uh, cherry pick the ones that they're already familiar with, or or kind of wait till they hear the buzz about it. Sure, I, I've been kind of going the opposite of 
I think Spelunky is the one I've, I've played way too much, way, way, way too much Spelunky. So that's the, yeah. uh, as much as I wanted to read that, I knew I was going to have to get through the parts where Derek has to make it, you know, understandable to people that haven't played 300 hours of Spelunky or something. So I think that's why I read ZZT before I read something like, you know, Shadow of the Colossus or Metal Gear. It's like, I, I don't know anything about it. I, I know very little about Bible Adventures. I want to read that one first, you know. So oh, it's kind of interesting yeah. to say that you have people that go the opposite and only want to read about the stuff that they they know about. But yeah, I I think more people are are the opposite of you. <laughs> where, <laughs> okay. uh, where yeah, they would kind of prefer to. Well, you know, just kind of the way that I mean, I can certainly say that uh, you know when I was looking um, when 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 in the early going. Um, when I was planning for the press, uh, I read a handful of the 33 and a third books to kind of see what different authors did with albums. And I went straight for the albums that I loved. Oh, okay. Because I think, you know, there's, there's something fun about learning something about whatever you're, um, already passionate about. But I really like, yeah, my, my hope is that, uh, we can catch people who are more like you. And I think, uh, and ideally people who don't even play games very much that's that's still i don't know it's that's still mostly not the case but my my hope when i started the press was that i would kind of eventually be able to rope in more readers who um are kind of coming to games pretty fresh and just who are interested um but not necessarily consistent gamers themselves you should probably just start doing like add in every season like oh we're doing some crappy licensed harry potter game or uh, twilight made a phone game we're gonna do a book on that and then just Man. suck those people in <laughs> little piece of but advice we, for you yeah well if, but then if we if we do a book about a uh shitty game then we'll just have to be honest about it too and that's true <laughs> well we'll alienate the, the harry potter games fan base <laughs> Are you, but they probably those probably don't have a fan base, right? Like I would I would guess that Harry Potter fans, if they're, I I have no idea what Harry Potter video games are like, but uh, not very good. I, I would guess, yeah, I guess not very good, and that the fans would say, yeah, it sucks that they're not very good. They, <laughs> probably they should have done better with my <laughs> beloved franchise. Are you uh, gonna come back to to writing a book yourself? Or are you kind of now in the thick of editor duties? You know, mostly I am in the thick of editor duties these days, um, which is it's a pretty big change for me because um, until pretty recently, um, I was writing really consistently. Um, but man, yeah, there's just so much to do. Right. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I kind of at least the, the way I think about it right now is and, and is that like this is this is kind of my baby and it's a project that uh, really energizes me and it's creative on uh a lot of levels uh so you know it's kind of like i can and, and and the fact is it's uh you know it's bigger you know it's it's bigger than me um it's uh you know i think boss fight's certainly um bigger than anything that uh you know i was able to come out with in my short writing career uh so you know i mean uh yeah i think um uh, i think that's fine but that that said yeah i, I definitely want to uh keep keep writing and keep finding ways to to uh to do that it's just gonna be a matter of uh you know i think 
waiting until probably probably waiting until I'm not also the guy who's uh, personally uh, filling every order and right, that's taking probably- <laughs> it to the post office, and then the guy who's also answering customer emails when their order's taking too long and uh, that kind of thing. That's so, probably true. Yeah. <laughs> but but that said, yeah, I'm I'm really uh, lucky to have the the help that I do have. Um, particularly in in Mike, who's um, a really great resource, and uh, and at this stage on um, on every single book, uh, often in the early going. He will use his research librarian expertise um, and also some of his Japanese expertise uh, when it's relevant to help authors with their research. And he's because uh, because he works um, as as a Japanese specialist uh, at a university library. Oh wow! Uh, so so that role and just the things that he uh, knows how to do and likes to do has been super useful in that way because he's able to dredge up things that you know I certainly couldn't find on the. Uh, generic internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we got a good team. Very cool. Well, is there any specific date you want to drop for this Kickstarter, or is that when it's ready? It's ready before we let you get back to your Saturday. Well, let me. Uh, or anything else sh- you want to throw in here? Sure. Well, why don't I? We uh, <laughs> jump onto my calendar so I don't say the wrong. <laughs> sure. um, Okay. Yeah, so the date to pay attention to is Wednesday, April 27th. Um, and yeah, we're going to have some, some exciting stuff to announce. Um, new Kickstarter, new books. And uh, there will also be a, a cool opportunity for people who are just joining us to um, get some get some old, bo- old books as well. Um, some uh, – they're, they're – we're gonna announce a, a new a new deal. Oh, okay. Uh, for that too. So that's great. Yeah. Well, congrats on uh, the seasons thus far. I, if you can't tell, have been enjoying them quite a bit. <laughs> well, that means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Was... Um, very excited for the new season. I still have a backlog to to work through, but uh, cool. So Jagged Alliance is your next one? Um, it's As soon as I finished Spelunky, I had started Jagged Alliance and then got that email that, hey, here's the Spelunky. And I was like, I, I have to. Got to do it. <laughs> it. I have to do yeah. this one. So. And, yeah. And that's that's another thing that's been crazy. Uh, just that uh, I feel like on Spelunky, people have read this one faster than any of our other books. Um, so like, that's <laughs> just another sense of like the anticipation is, you know, I mean, we blasted out an email with ebooks at one point and you know, maybe 16 hours later, there were some people who had already finished it and were offering their thoughts on Twitter. Which is like bittersweet. (laughs) They're like, oh, they really liked it, but that was like two years or a year. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much work. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, mostly it was really great. Like, I I, I love that that immediate uh, response. Yeah, Um, no, it's it's been great so far. So I'm very happy with it. That's the uh, one I kickstarted from the last season. I did this. Oh, cool. Spelunky in particular, so... Nice. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us. Um, big fans of all this so far. So good luck on the upcoming craziness with Kickstarters and customers and all that shit. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd be you. a lot easier if you didn't have to have customers, but <laughs> good luck right, with them. Yeah, but- I'm just going to get rid of uh, our email address and become <laughs> one of those organizations that's just this weird wall that you can no longer contact. And just Boss Fight Book thing. Corp Incorporated. I'll take, t- I'll take all the names off of the masthead. And <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> Who's to say who runs it? Right. Um, well, uh, Gabe, before we let you go, I'll just let you uh, chew on this one. If uh, okay. if you want to go bluer, Ari and I call dibs on Custer's Revenge. Wow. Just uh, Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are messed up. That's uh... Just let that marinate. Yeah, just, you know, think about it and then throw it in your trash can and, <laughs> and don't I think mean... about it anymore. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it was great. Um, so let's give away another game. Joey, what do you think Braveland Wizard is, keeping the theme of the earlier game? Of the demons one? Yeah. Demons. Braveland Wizard. It is a tactics game like Final Fantasy, where you are a roguish, uh, old, aged wizard. What was the name of it again? Braveland Wizard. <laughs> or it's a JRPG. <laughs> I think it's a game where you, you have a map like Mario three where you move around and then you click a level and then you go into it and it's like a platformer where you're a wizard and you hit people with your oh, staff. I thought you actually knew what this was when you were asking me. No. Braveland well there's Braveland Pirate, Brave which it looks like part of the series. There's a game called Braveland and now this is Braveland Wizard. Wizard. Wizard, which I clicked and it didn't load. Let's try it one more time. So if you like Bravelands, there's several. Uh if you're a fan of that Series that I've never heard of, Braveland. <laughs> Here's the, um, oh my god, it does. Look, oh my god, is it a Mario map? Oh, I nailed it! I nailed it, guys. Oh, but, but then, then it's also a, it's also a tactics. Oh shit! We both nailed it. <laughs> wow. So okay, enjoy this game. It's really positive reviews. Mostly positive. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> semantics. It's got positive in the word. Five eight C seven V F Q L P K two three G eight L I think no I it's I you guys it's I because they're all uppercase it's I. Okay. Um, well, enjoy your Mario three uh, JRPG tactics, tactics game mashup. <laughs> That's positive reviews mostly. Mostly. <laughs> and uh, like we said before, uh, just send us a review. Um, I think that's it. You should check out all the rest of the shows on the Explosive Magico network, uh, explosivemagico.com or godmakespoop.com. You can... Uh, wazpod.com, which I need to renew before it lapses, will you, take you directly to us. Join our Steam group, which is Wazpod on Steam. Has uh, grown lately. All right. We got like a 10-member boost. Yeah, you were pissed when we lost someone. I remember... One. We lost one. I was like, I'm going to fucking find them. <laughs> well, because I think it dropped us down from like a big... Like it a, was like 50 to 49 yeah, or something. something like that. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to find that motherfucker. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, WazPod group. You can also tweet at us uh, at WazPod. I have posted free games on occasion on the the Steam group too. So I'm not bribing you, but I'm fucking bribing you. And we'll post, we post stuff on the Twitter that's either relevant to stuff we talk about in the show or if I find something random, I'll just post it, you know, more topical yeah, yeah. game stuff. I When I'm not. Just, just being destroyed by work hours. I try to get in on the Twitter stuff too because that stuff is, it's it's good to have a reason to collect it. Yeah, it's and then fun. throw it all up there. So that's at Wazpod again. Uh, cool. Well, good show. Yeah. Well, sign us out then. And um, Joey, um, sign out, huh? Uh, 
forgot this was coming. Always. Jeez. It's... I forgot. almost forgot to say sign us out, so I guess it's fair. <laughs> um, I would say the void still sucks. Suck at the void. Going out like that. Fair. Throw it down. You remove the void. Ha <laughs> ha